Welcome to Outwitting the Manipulator, the podcast that gives you powerful techniques to protect yourself as manipulation is taking place. Now here are your hosts, authors, and communication experts, Robin Galinsky and Dr. Dennis Becker. Hello, everybody. Robin here with Dennis. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about the skills you absolutely need to develop for your own self-protection. That's our focus today. And Dennis, I think we should just get right into it because we reviewed it and there's a lot. There's many skills that you need mm-hmm. to outwit a manipulator. Yeah, let's begin by talking about that word skills, because we've given a couple of other words to you that sort of sound like the same thing, but they're not. They're very different. We've talked about tactics, techniques, and now skills. Now, these three things seem similar, but they're very different. The tactics that we've been talking about are the tactics, the things that the manipulator does to you, about you. So tactics are something that the manipulator uses. Techniques are things that you can use against the manipulator to protect yourself as it's happening. Tactics they do, techniques you do. Now a new word, skills. Skills are what you will need to be able to use your techniques effectively. So knowing the technique is important, obviously. And then how do you actually do it? These are skills that you need to have, communication skills that you need to have to be able to do the techniques that we're providing to you for your self-protection. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. What are these skills? And, and we always say you can't learn to swim by reading a book. You can't learn martial arts by reading a book. You actually have to do it. Fortunately, you are communicating all the time. so. This is about practice, trial and error, because the first thing you really need is confidence. And confidence is built through confidence. And confidence is built through trial and error. You know, do you once, agree with that, I, Dennis? Once, I do agree with that. And one thing I want to emphasize before we go through here is that, no, you can't learn to swim by reading the book. However, it would help you to read our book, to know some of these yes. things. <laughs> yes, it does help. It's important. It is. It it really is. And we're because we have in the book, we have, I don't know how many, 13, 14 different skill sets. We don't have the time to cover all of them here. We've talked about many of them. We're going to emphasize, we're going to highlight the most important ones as we go through this particular episode. But it will help you to get the copy of the book. And if you don't uh, have the opportunity to get a copy of the book, uh, you want to explain about the app, Robin? So if you go to the show notes, you'll find our landing page where you'll have access to the things we are, as of this recording, we are still building and constructing. But by the time we launch this, it'll have access to, and we'll make some of these exercises that are in the book as free downloadable PDFs that you can just download and use because there's, we have, this chapter has a lot of exercises in your actual development. We're going to do a few of them live here in the podcast. But uh, it would benefit you. So if you don't have any money, you can't afford the book, you can get the PDFs, you can listen to the podcast. It's, it's, we're really passionate about enabling and inoculating all of you against manipulation and making it as accessible as they can, it, all the resources as accessible as we can for you. So just take Absolutely. a look at the show notes for that link. 
Yeah. It, and we don't want money to stand in the way of your learning and getting these things. So don't think about that, but it would be helpful for you to have the book. But if you don't get the book, the app is going to be perfectly helpful to you. So today we're going to talk about what those different exercises are and the things that we've highlighted already. So we're not going to cover all 13 things, but we'll highlight the most important ones, as I said. And uh, the, the, some of them sound similar, but they're different. Just like some tactics sound similar but they're different. These skills are the kinds of things that you need to be able to feel, to know, to understand, to be able to do, and to be able to identify as you are in the process of dealing with your manipulator. So let's begin. Before, before we um, go, oh, go ahead, I just Rob. want to do 30 seconds on confidence because yeah. I think that's the foundation, Dennis, right? Sure. So it's, sure. Under, it's very important for you to understand that confidence is a transient condition. What does that mean? It means it comes and it goes. It's not a place that you land and live. It comes and it goes. You may feel really confident in one moment and then not confident all in the next moment. So it's just one thing just to be aware of so that you realize that that's going to happen. You're not always going to feel confident. And then the other thing about confidence is you must you must develop competence in order to feel confident. You can't just, people complimenting you is never going to make you feel confident because inside, you know, it's just, it's not real. What makes it real to you is trial and error. And, um, you know, that's, people don't like that part, but you got to make mistakes, stick your neck out. But that's what produces competence. And I want right. to emphasize that little wording. Confidence, the kind of confidence we're talking about, we're going to help you with is confidence built on competence. You will be confident because you know, you understand, and you can do the kind of things that we're talking about. So confidence built on competence. So please uh, be go easy on yourself, but not too easy because you need to take risks. You need to try things out and uh, otherwise, you you never develop the competence. And I might suggest to you before we get into all this and too many more specifics that you get a uh, something to write with, uh, either take notes on your computer yeah. or get a pen or pencil and a pad of paper because there are going to be some very specific things that we'll do. And we're going to actually do some exercises with you today. So you need something to to write with, whether you do that electronically very or old, old fashioned. Don't do it electronically. Do pen and paper. It uses a different part of your brain, and we're going to want you to just. Uh, not self-censor in some of these exercises. So we want you to be able Well, when I'm doing things on my computer, I need all parts of my brain. So I don't know if I can say that. But it's I can say good. that. I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We love to disagree. It's good times. Okay. So what's your, where are we going, Dennis? What's our... Well, we're going to get into one uh, of the most basic things that we've talked about throughout, and you, you'll hear us probably repeat this again and again, is your ability to control your emotions. Yeah. This is a really difficult thing, but really an important thing, because obviously what the manipulator wants to do is they are trying to do that. They want to control your emotions. And the, the phrase that we've been using right along is they want to control the momentum of the moment. This can be the hardest thing you ever do because some of you listening right now don't even believe that you, that it's a possibility. Yeah. It, it is. No, he wouldn't do that. No, it's not like her. She's no, not. No, it's impossible on. for you to control your own emotions. But then to control People that. don't believe that that's a possibility. They don't realize it. They weren't taught that. It wasn't modeled for them. They don't know that they can do it. Yeah. Yeah. The key word here is manage. 
And we want you to be able to manage and to control the emotions that you have. And uh, this is hard. Maybe the hardest thing that you have to do of all of the things that we're going to be talking about, but controlling your emotions, identifying them. And, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about emotional intelligence. This is where your test of emotional intelligence will come into being. Can you identify the emotional impact uh, and what's happening from your manipulator, what emotional state they're in? Can you identify your own emotional state and then how can you act upon that? So uh, understanding emotion is a very difficult thing to do, but you're going to give it a try. What Dennis said, can you identify just that alone puts you in a space of the observer. That alone gives you some distance because oftentimes what happens is we think our emotions are that, that are us. They are, that's who we are and they are not. They're a transient condition. Yeah. And they're controllable. They are controllable. controllable. You have to be aware of them. You've got to know that you have emotional triggers. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes, but you've got to know that you have them and that you can control them. So that's not just, you're not being a, I I will use the word, you are not being a victim of your own emotional lack of control. You can learn to control your emotions. So that's an important place for us to begin. That's where it becomes almost self-inflicted. Don't you think oh, that yeah. where, you know, you know, and that's all ultimately what the manipulator really wins is they get you to internalize everything. So now you have no separation between self and what you're experiencing. And so this can be, this can be a big mind blowing moment for some people who've never been taught this or had it modeled, but you are a hundred percent responsible. Now I'm talking to adults here, not children. You are a hundred percent responsible for your thoughts, words, and actions. You are 100% responsible for your own health and well-being and your joy and your productiveness and all of those things. 100% personally responsible. And we're trying to help you so that you can execute that more successfully. It doesn't always feel as though, even though you know that that's true, what Robin just said, it doesn't always feel as though you can control it. You can manage it but you can. Yes. And that's what these exercises are all about. So that's uh, the first step. It is under- at that point is a huge step. Yes. Believing it, accepting that you can control your emotions. You absolutely can. So, all right. Now, when we talk about controlling it, how do we do that? Dennis? How do you do that kind of a thing? <laughs> how do we do all that? Right. All right. So let's talk about uh, the mindset. We need to create, here's what we want to do. We want to create a mindset of irrelevance and detachment. Let me repeat that, and Robin's going to talk about that. You need to create a mindset of irrelevance and detachment. Well, this is so difficult. Mm-hmm. This is so difficult. It's particularly difficult, more difficult for those of you out there who are people people. You, you're um, a giver, as they say. You're a whatever, a life worker, you're a people pleaser. There's a million words for it. Um, And you're a nice person. You're always nice. And your identity is to be nice. Unfortunately, if you're a hundred percent identified as always being nice, um, you couldn't be a bigger target for a manipulator uh, because you're not, and and you're out of balance. So uh, despite the fact that you may think that's a wonderful quality, it's not. 
it's not actually wonderful because those, uh, many of your relationships will be considered inauthentic by people. They won't tell you, but they know that you can't be a hundred percent nice all the time. So you, they feel like they're not getting full access to a full human being. So that's a little deeper than I meant to go with that. But that being said, because you're a hundred percent nice all the time actually doesn't make you a hundred percent nice. You're not and totally for, honest. For sure. Your manipulator will see that about you, knows yes. that you like that kind of a person, and they will not give you the time, the space, the encouragement to think on your own. They don't want you to think about this kind of a thing. They don't want to do it. So they'll tactic after tactic, perhaps just to keep you preoccupied. But begin with the, the idea, the mindset that you can and you should develop a mindset of irrelevance and detachment. Now, let's talk a little bit more about that, how you do that. Easy to say that. How do you do that? Well, here, Robin, I don't know if you know about this, but I had a client once who had a really interesting uh, technique for doing this. Happened to be a woman. She said, whatever she started to, she wanted to develop the mindset of confidence. Okay. Whenever she began to have some self-doubt about, oh, you can't, no, this isn't going to, you're not. She, she would walk over to a mirror, look at her own eyes in the mirror and shout, Stop. And, and this was enough to make her say, no, don't think that way. Think of confidence. So techniques of that, I mean, this is an odd one, but worked for her. No, it's not odd at all. That's very effective. Mm -hmm. Very effective. And people, you'll, here's how you know how effective that is. Try looking at your own eyes in the mirror and saying something to yourself that's positive. The very fact that you find that enormously difficult to do is evidence of its power. Of its effectiveness. I want to remind you that you're constantly working through a brain, which has a lot of other things to do. It doesn't have the time to just concentrate on you and on this particular thing. It's very busy. So you have to work at it. You have to get the attention and focus on this particular particular point of building confidence and self-confidence and so forth. So the, by, by her shouting, stop, it, it made the brain say, what? And she had to stop and think about that sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. It works. And in the spirit of time, Dennis, I just want to move on to um, another practical application that you can use, because a lot of times what happens is what the, the manipulator does is they get, they occupy uh when you're not with them, they occupy all of your thinking. So when, when they're succeeding and they're winning with the manipulation, you'll find yourself thinking about them all the time. What will so-and-so think? I wonder what they'll think of this. I wonder if they'll be happy. I wonder if they'll be mad. I wonder if they'll be okay. I wonder if they want this. I wonder if they want that. All of a sudden, yeah. all your thoughts are channeled through how they're going to feel, what they're going to think. That's so, not, only a, not only a bad way to do it. But it's annoying because they control your thinking. So we have created, and Robin will go through this, we've created something called the Positive Actions for Distraction, PAD. Now, this is something that is a, a way to help you uh, develop a mindset of, of controlling your own emotions. So we call it the PAD. Robin, could you describe this briefly for us? Yeah, so you can, you can download the PDF. But basically, you want to have a pre- thought through list of things that are very positive activities that can that are going to move you forward in some way because what you when you're going to go to this list is when you start having those obsessive thoughts about the manipulator because you want to start reclaiming your brain reclaiming your life 
So basically they're divided, um, we div I divided them into four columns, 15 minute activities, one to two hour activities, a half a day activity and a full day activity. This is a customized list of what brings you joy or what will bring you organization or what will bring you accomplishment or what will build your confidence. So a 15 you'll minute put in, you'll, you'll put these in your own, you know, you'll make these things up. But for, for example, Robin, what, give an example of what you can uh, Yeah, I was going like to do that. Okay, so, great. Thank you. I mean, it's a 15 minute activity, uh, dance to three of your favorite songs. Just go all out. Just decide three songs you're going to dance to. Organize a Tupperware drawer. Believe it or not, you can do it in 15 minutes. So I'll uh, just give you an example. A half a day activity. Decide that you're going to turn your phone off. Uh, take an Epsom salt bath. Do a 10-minute meditation and do a 30-minute yoga video. So a full day activity. You might paint a room in your house and move all the furniture around. Mm -hmm. Google mm -hmm. some feng shui and uh, just... So these are really all things yeah. that either create some order, build some confidence because you learn something, or bring sheer joy to your day. And I had a you guy to go to this list when you when you can't control your thoughts. I had a guy, a client, wants you to why his favorite thing to do to, and remember the key word here is distraction. This is a positive action for distraction. You know what he would do? He would go out and rake the leaves. Or shovel the snow, whatever it was. He'd go out and do something in the yard because that that distracted his attention from whatever was happening from his manipulator. Not only does it distract, Dennis, but then you it's concrete, right? There's a beginning and there's an end. And then you can look back on it and you it will build your confidence and your confidence in a different way. So uh, that's all we can say about that because we have so much more yeah. done. And we're um, like 15 minutes in now or more. So, um, so you take a look. You'll see the pad. In the, you'll see the PAD and the PDF. Yep. Positive actions for distraction. All right. So another thing you need to develop as a skill is the ability to embrace the definition of a healthy relationship. So you've got to really know what you mean by healthy I relationship. Because a lot of times a manipulative relationship shows up as exciting, healthy, and mm. fun, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that you can do to determine if you are in a healthy relationship. There's some questions you can ask yourself to say, am I in a healthy relationship or not? So Robin's going to ask you three questions. You should be able to say yes to each one of these three. Now, as she asks them, think about what your response would be. Number one. Back to the emotional intelligence thing that Dennis was referring to earlier. Right now, can you identify how you feel in the moment? Now, you need to recognize that you may have multiple emotions and they may even be in contradiction to each other. So that was a long pause on purpose. If you're confused and you say, I, I, I don't know how I feel, this is where you want to spend some time working on this. Being able so, to identify how you feel. And we're not talking about how you feel right now as you're listening to Robin. And me, no, not that. How do you feel at the moment when you think you're being manipulated? How does that feel? What's the emotion you're experiencing? Yeah. That's what she's asking. Question number two. Question number two, are you able to describe this emotion verbally using an I statement? What's an I statement? So I feel confused by what you're saying right now. Hmm. I feel betrayed by what you're saying right now. I feel completely overwhelmed or blindsided by what you're saying. So can you 
say it out loud. How do you feel? And you're saying it to that other person. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, his third part is the this third. The third question. But now we've identified, and you can you can say multiple emotions. You can say the conflicting emotions. You can list three. That's fine. But say them with an I statement. Now, the other part is critical. This is how you identify whether you're in a healthy relationship or not. Does the other person show respect for your feelings? And most importantly, do they demonstrate that they respect your feelings by addressing your emotions? Now, that mean them, may mean them changing a behavior. That may mean them um, apologizing. But here's the thing. I know many, many people who are in marriages where they repeat steps one and two over and over again with no evidence of step three. So, mm. you know, um, I wish you wouldn't, you, when you come in the house, the husband and wife, right? Like, so when you come in the house and you don't say hello to me and you just like walk over to the refrigerator and you go to your computer, it makes me feel diminished. It makes me feel not important. It makes me feel unloved. It makes me feel like you don't, you aren't happy to see me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for you to feel that way. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, no, I, I don't mean that at all. And then they do it again and again and again and completely ignore it. So the behavior doesn't change. Mm -hmm. That is an unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. So by their actions, they are showing you, I don't give a rat's ass how you really feel. Because if they genuinely cared how you feel, they would address it. All right. Now, in the PDF, we're going to stop on that point right here because in the PDF, there will be several other exercises that you can do to find out uh, exactly how you control your emotions and what you're doing and how to build your strength and character there. But the, right now, I want to go on to, because of, of time, I want to go on to another skill that you need to develop, which we're referring to as developing feistiness. That's an interesting word, feistiness. What? Now, we, you kind of have your own definition of what feisty person who's feisty, what that means. But Robin, uh, if you were to develop a mindset of feistiness, what, is that, what does that really mean? How should you be? Does it mean you be annoying? Or you be, be angry? You'd be upset? What does it mean to develop a mindset of feistiness? Yeah, it's a mindset um, that helps you protect yourself into not being pressured, bullied, or intimidated. Uh, it's the ability to channel your energy into persistent, unwavering self-protection rather than feeling embarrassed, weak, or filled with self-doubt. So it doesn't mean being cruel or nasty or getting no. insulting. No, no. That's it not means good. you should be able to quickly respond to the comments and behaviors that are rude, crude, disturbing, yeah. 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 Um, untrue. You know, you need to be able to respond in real time. This is what we're helping you to do. Identify it, respond to it in it be, real time, not three days later. <laughs> I'll be real specific with you in a, with this. And I'll say, look, when you do this, when you have this feisty thing, it means that you want to speak a little bit faster than normal, mm -hmm. be a little bit louder than normal. If you can, face your manipulator directly. Look, right the, right, look them right in the eye. Keep it succinct. Yeah, and keep it succinct. Keep it so succinct. Developing developing feistiness is an important skill for you to feel comfortable with. And remember, it's not angry or crude or rude. It's none of those things. It's just this, and you may have to practice it. You may have to go to the mirror. You have to practice and look at the mirror, especially if it's unnatural for you. 
yeah. out of character for you. Sure. You really have to practice it to get it to unconscious and com- unconscious competence. Yeah. Use a mirror. <laughs> it does <laughs> not make you a mean person or a rude person. That's what they will say about you to make you yep. go back into your hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They will right. start calling you names. That's the backlash. That's how you know you're succeeding. Oh, backlash. We're going to talk about backlash a little bit later. Really, But you will have backlash from this. Yep. When, you, when you're somebody who's been nice and you've been, you know, pushover and all of a sudden you, you say, hey, I don't like the way you're talking to me right now. It's unacceptable. Short, sync, fast, louder, a little bit louder, a little bit faster. Yep. All of a sudden they don't like that. You will have backlash. That means... Mm-hmm. You succeeded in putting them on notice. Mm-hmm. Backlash also means, this is going to sound odd, but it means you're winning. You're having some success with that manipulator. When they get like that, it means you've really, you've touched a nerve. feel like that to you, it's going to be hard. So just, right. that's why the mindset's important. Yep, yep. Be ready for it. Be yeah. ready for it. And and another thing, that's, and this is another skill we're going to talk about, uh, identifying the triggers the things that trigger you, deactivating the trigger. What are the emotional hooks, the things that get you? Robin, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, just briefly, because we are getting close to yeah. time here, but this is something only you can do. So whatever, whatever. It, sometimes it's a, a setting, sometimes it's words, sometimes it's an attitude or nonverbal behavior. Whatever it is that happens that causes you to your feelings to, to go from zero to 60. Kind of think of a car going from zero to 60 in three seconds. Zero to 60 could be sadness. It could be embarrassment. It could be anger, but it's a negative emotion that goes from zero to 60. You want to get curious like a scientist and say, what just happened? Why am I feeling like this? Mm-hmm. See if you can identify what it is that's got you mm-hmm. hooked. Because it only then identifying your hooks and taking inventory of them, can you control for them? And you know the one thing that's going to help you do all of that, what Robin just said? Write it in your notes. We've said it many times. This is very important. Write these things in your notes. Make a quick notation of it because you will find that it is a a pattern. A pattern is beginning to develop. So identifying it for yourself and certainly identifying their behaviors. Write it in your notes. You need those field notes. Because they, you know, remember a lot of these tactics are denying your reality, reframing the narrative, gaslighting, all of those things will have you second guessing what went down. But if you have a date and a time and notes, you will know you're not losing your mind. The last thing that that we'll deal with here, at least, there's more on the book and on the app. The last thing we'll deal with here is this idea of you being able to develop and show and intolerance for manipulative communication. Oh, yes. Yeah. You've got to develop a sense of, I'm not to going to tolerate this nowhere. any longer. Right? Right? That's important. Yeah. Yep. 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 So we're going to ask, we're going to ask you seven questions. We'll move through this quickly. Get your pen and paper out. You can mm. pause this if you need to. But mm. what we want you to do is say yes or no to each one of these questions. Now, after you listen to this, you can go back and think of what are the consequences if this happens. You define the consequences. And there's more on that in the book, and there's more on that in the PDF. But for now, let's do these questions. And as we can take turns, if you want, 
Okay. Uh, and we'll give you a, a two-second pause so that you can write your answer down. Yes or no. Okay, I'll do the first one. Okay. Question. Will you tolerate someone lying to you? Yes or no? Will you tolerate someone making disparaging comments toward you? Yes or no? Will you tolerate someone interrupting you when you are speaking? Yes or no? Will you tolerate someone approaching your ideas, jokes, insights, and presenting them as their own? Yes or no? Will you tolerate someone representing your perspectives, emotions, and opinions speaking for you? Will you tolerate someone obligating you to do something for someone else? Will you tolerate someone expecting you to respond to them immediately for a non-emergency? We've asked you to answer yes or no to these. Now we realize that some you're going to have to say, well, sometimes it depends. We get it. We get it. That's why we want you to take that. We can give you this little quiz right here. You take a look at it later and there's say, no well, sometimes what? though. Yeah. There's a reason we're asking you to say yes mm -hmm. or no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Investigate your own thinking. Why did anyone, why would I do it that way? Why is it someone? Why isn't it just always? That's what we want you to evaluate as you go back and rethink this part. Now, whether you said yes or no, here's the thing. If you said, yes, I, I, I will tolerate that, then the consequences section, what do you think the consequences are of you tolerating that? What do you think will happen? Now, if you said, no, I'm not going to tolerate that, what are the consequences when somebody does that? Mm -hmm. what are you, how are you going to enforce that in your life? which by the way, you have a hundred percent right to do. I would say more than a right. You have an obligation to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we'll leave it at that, but that's a really powerful exercise and can be very difficult. All right. So we've been talking about the skills that you need to enact the techniques that you need to protect yourself from the tactics that your manipulator is using against you. So these skills, as you hear, have a lot to do with controlling emotion and understanding yourself and being able to stand up for yourself, being feisty and so forth and so on. And there's one that we haven't mentioned and that we're going to mention, but that we're not going to talk about too much right here. But there's one skill that, um, you know, obviously is it's, it's inherent in every one of the things that we've talked about, and that is the skill of listening. Now that seems that's like wimpy. That's like well, let's li I'm just I'm listening. I hear. I get it. I get it. Maybe not. Most no, not I don't know most, but many people have studied how to speak better, public speaking classes or whatever. Not many people have ever been taught how to listen. You actually can improve, just as you can as a speaker, as a listener. How do you do that? And how does all of that apply to what we're going through with you about manipulation? That's a very important subject. It's so important that we're going to cover it in our next episode in much more depth than we've talked about the others here today. So, so let's get uh, we, to the media moment. Yeah, let's move that one to that, and then we'll talk about listening in the next session. Okay. All right, Producer Dave, we're ready for our media moment. The R&D Media Moment. Today's media moment is a little clip from a ep um, episode 135 from the Dark Horse podcast, which is uh, Brett Weinstein and Heather Haying. Uh, and it's 
yeah, let's go ahead and play the clip. It's about uh, three minutes long, and then I'll tell you how that's relevant. We are told that what makes it science is peer review, which is, of course, total garbage, right? What makes it science is the frickin' method, right? Mm -hmm. That's what makes it science. Peers, to the extent that they can do something, they can evaluate whether or not the method was done correctly and whether or not the things that you believe follow from your evidence actually do follow from it. Mm -hmm. That is not inherent to peer review. Review by peers does it also. But there's something yes. fascinating about this. Nature. So first of all, you probably in the audience will not know unless you're a professional scientist that the people who staff these journals, the top flight journals that make and break careers, mm -hmm. right? These people are people who often did not succeed in science itself, mm -hmm. right? In other words, they have effectively left the rat race of academia and joined the rat race of the journals, which is a different game, right? So I don't want to call them failed academics, but in some ways, that's, that's partially what it is. But the point is, okay, these are the stewards of this magical process we call peer review, right? These are the peer of peers. Hmm. Look at what they do with an unpeer reviewed article. First, they grudgingly start looking at this stuff, which they should have. Now, what you and I have said about the preprint literature, non-peer reviewed literature, is that it's very noisy, right? Mm -hmm. The quality yep. varies a lot. That's natural because it hasn't been through a filter in which people will catch errors. Yep. That said, it is less distorted by the peer review process. So it's not obvious that more noise is inherently bad if it comes with also more signal because inconvenient truths haven't been excluded, for example, right? So there is value in that preprint literature precisely because it hasn't been put through our corrupt system. What happens when our corrupt system touches it with the evaluation by peers, in this case, the people who write Nature News, they get it wrong, right? They right. reveal not only there's value in the uh, so-called non-peer-reviewed literature, but that when peers touch it, there's nothing magical about their evaluation. They can botch it. They do the same thing scientists do when they're in a rush, which is they, you know, assume that what is reported in the title and the abstract is actually what is uh, suggested by the paper. So anyway, the, the whole thing is kind of revealing itself. It is. And um, it's a. Uh, it's it's a pity you have to know where the bodies are buried in order to see what's being acknowledged and what's being botched, um, because yes. really everybody needs yes. to be uh, exposed to the evidence that peer review is not a magical process. It's a corrupt process and it's a flawed process. Even it, even when it works, it's a deeply flawed process and it is so corrupt as to be counterproductive in many contexts. I think this is a really important thing for us to know. I mean, I'm not a science person, but knowing about that, I do remember learning about the scientific method, you know, just as a general education type thing. And so it's all coming back to me a little bit, but why is it, it's a flawed process because it's a human process and humans, you know, humans are, are uh, fallible, <laughs> very fallible. So uh, it's interesting for, I think, us as a society to understand that these these terms, because they're bandied about constantly in the media, peer-reviewed, peer-reviewed, we hear it all the time. Do we know what it is? Do we understand it? And these two are evolutionary biologists. They're pretty smart. They have a pretty good podcast. And I like that they, um, 
I like that they are free thinkers, critical thinkers, and they're not afraid to say things. So uh, it's really interesting to listen to them. But they're, what they're talking about here is when manipulation becomes institutionalized, institutionalized. We know power corrupts uh, and you give people a lot of power and to make and break other people. We've seen it in Hollywood. We've seen it in a lot of industries. They're exposing it here in the world of science. So I think the more people that know about this, the better this can get. But, you know, I had a little bit of concern listening to this just now and before about this term corrupt. Because uh, not only have I written lots of books that have been peer-reviewed, but I've been part of a peer-review panel. And to me, there was nothing corrupt about it. So I understand from a scientific perspective and from his own or their own perspective that they see corruption in that process. And it's, you know, it's, it could be. It's potential. You have well, corruption. it depends, right, Dennis? Like, of course so it does. It's not necessarily corrupt when people are serious academics and there's no incentive. But if somebody is going to, well, for example, this is a longer podcast, they talked about how um, oftentimes if somebody very junior has stumbled upon something that's pretty revolutionary, the senior person who's peer reviewing them uh, will steal that and they will publish it. Where I see corruption, and I, I've been involved with one, well, several, but one particular I'll give you, is where a, uh, I don't want to name the company, but a big pharma had a research study done and they had it peer reviewed, but they chose the peers and they chose the, the kinds of folks who they knew already would probably give them a favorable review for the product that they were, you know, evaluating more and more all the time. So that's a form of manipulation. They're manipulating the data by choosing the peers who are the peer reviewers. So I get the point, but I don't want to make Or the peer reviewers aren't really free to be critical. In, in that case, no, because no, no. Right. But peer review is not always corrupt, but you no, better no. pay attention but to who and what is doing the reviewing. Yeah, of course. And, but it, it, the, the term is used so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, Easy. Um, the way it's framed in the media is that we're good to go. Yeah. We're good to go. This is this has been peer reviewed. It is gold, right? Sure. It's, it's like the Ten Commandments. It's etched yeah. in stone. And this is why I wanted to bring it to your attention, to our listeners' attention, mm -hmm. that perhaps not. Perhaps, perhaps. Good. there's more good to this point. process. So just a quick clip for you to think about. Um, interesting. It's very interesting. And I believe this concludes episode 12 for us, Dennis. All righty then. Uh it's such an interesting topic. All of these topics are so interesting, and we could spend, boy, a lot of time on each one of them. But today, as we reviewed the uh, little bit of the tactics and the techniques, and we delved into the issue of skills that you need to be able to activate and to actuate your t techniques, we talked about several of them. And I, just by way of quick review... Building confidence is a really important thing. And a, a lot of the ways that we talked, a lot of the skills that you need that we've talked about will help you to build confidence. It's confidence based on the competence that you will develop in being able to utilize not only the skills, but the techniques that we're giving you for self-protection. So developing feistiness and identifying whether you're in a healthy relationship. All the things that we talked about today are really important for you to do and to be able to understand. So we want to urge you again to take a look at the app. If you have a copy of the book, take a look at the chapter on skills. You will see, look at that. But by the way, 
That pad, P-A-D, suggestion that Robin walked through, it's a great idea. Download the PDF or the P-A-D and take a look at it. You'll find it very helpful. The questions we asked you, the yes and no questions, go back and review them. These are the kind of things that will help you understand your own mindset. And the better and more capable you get of not only doing that, but strengthening your mindset through the strengthening of the skills we're talking about, the more confident you will feel because it will be based on your competence. Okay. Did I miss anything, Robin? You want to say no. the last word? There's, okay. there's always so much on that, but we're good. Okay. So the next episode is going to deal with another very special skill. And we mentioned it earlier. That is listening. So we'll be talking about listening uh, a lot in our next one. And we'll talk about what it is and how you can improve it. We'll take a deep dive into the differences between attention and focus as a listening skill. And uh, we're going to introduce the sixth most crucial listening skills that you need to protect yourself in real time. So it's a very important episode next time around. So we hope you'll be with us. And until that time, on behalf of Robin Galinsky, I'm Dr. Dennis Becker saying thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you for being with us today on today's episode of Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time. Robin and Dennis are seasoned communication experts, not medical or therapeutic professionals. The thoughts and opinions expressed are their own. If you, a loved one, or a friend are in an abusive or controlling relationship, you will find additional resources in the show notes for today's episode. Their book, Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time, is available on Amazon, Audible, and Kindle. We invite you to be with us again next time, and Robin and Dennis will discuss ways of outwitting the manipulator, protecting yourself in real time. <laughs>